Sales is the most lucrative skill in the world, period. The problem is most sales advice out there today is outdated, cheesy, and can even keep you from getting the deals that can make all the difference in your career. This is the No BS Sales School, a podcast for entrepreneurs and salespeople who want to master the skill of selling without all the BS. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the No BS Sales School podcast as we roll into the fourth quarter. Y'all are probably in one of two places. One where you're stressing to catch up and finish out the year strong. You've got two and a half months to go. You're thinking, holy shit, got to put the pedal to the metal. Got to keep going. Got to keep going. Which is great. That's a good thing to be thinking about, right? Reminds you that we ought to be pushing the pedal all the time. One of the sayings that I love is don't watch the speedometer. Watch how hard you're pushing the gas pedal, right? Now, like every quarter, time to be pushing the gas pedal. Let's roll. Go get in your prospecting mode full blast. Because here's what happens, right? About the week before Thanksgiving, we walk into um, National Screw-Off Month that lasts about seven weeks. So we really do have the next four or five weeks and then beyond to finish out our fourth quarter. Do not believe, do not follow that national holiday, the seven weeks of National Screw-Off Month. Um, and others of you are in a place where you think, you know what, I've got a long sales cycle What's going to happen in Q4 is probably already on the books or subject to close by then. What I need to be doing now is working on first quarter of 23. I got to be hammering so that the first quarter of 23, I'm not starting over going, holy shit, what do I need to do? What's going to happen? I don't have any business on the books, right? Because you slid through because you went ahead and celebrated National Screw-Off Month. Now it's time to put the pedal to the metal. I want to talk to you today. There are three pieces, I believe, to sales success. One piece is called your actions. I think this is the most important piece. It's the work. It's the stuff that a lot of people don't like to do. The second piece is your attitude, which is your beliefs about yourself, your company, and your marketplace. And the third is your approach. And your approach begins with your strategy, right? And then your systems and processes you follow. And then the third piece are the tactics that you have, the tactics that you use, the tools that you use. A lot of people like to focus on this, on the third piece, on the, um, on the approach. I will tell you that's cool, but if you're not square in the other two, you're wasting your time. There are plenty of people that I know that have their technique down pat. They're great at the technique, but because they don't prospect and because they've got all kinds of screwed up mental model, they don't ever get in front of anybody. So their stuff, their great tactics are worthless. So let's start today. We're just going to go over one of them today. We'll do one the next session and then one the, one the following. Let's start with actions. I like to picture things in triangles. So, Think about the, uh, one of the points on the triangles. The first place you need to start is with your goals and your vision. What are the things that inspire you? Think about goals beyond a number, right? A number is fine. We've all got a number. My number this year was $600,000 in gross revenue. That was my number. But that number itself doesn't mean much. 
money is really intellectual. What, what matters with money is what do you do with it? What is the freedom that allows you to do? What are the things that you can get? What are the things that you don't have to do anymore when you have money? What are the things you get to do when you have more money? Right? For me, it gave me opportunities to invest in my company. Right? It also allowed me to do some other things for my family. Right? So talk about the vision. Let's talk about the vision first because that's the fun part. Vision is completely emotional. This is where you want things to be. And vision is long-term. Vision to me, right? I picture three to five years from now, maybe five, where I've got a company that is, we're doing probably a million, a little more than that in revenue. And I'm taking 10 weeks a year off. And I'm traveling with my wife, you know, probably four or five of those weeks. Maybe my kids, maybe a week or two of that. And then I got a vacation with my buddies or two in there, right? That's what inspires me. And then I want to have people that are working with me that are really good at what they do, at bringing in new people and at training and teaching people the magic stuff, which ain't magic, but teaching them the things that will make teaching our clients things that will make their lives better, teaching them things that will make their companies better and that might impact even generations by the way that they made decisions and the way they treated um you know, the way they got to treat their family, right? And how they got to live their lives. So my vision is that to have a team of people around me who are helping sell, helping train, and I lead and we've got a great marketing effort and things are just rolling along nicely. That's my vision for this company, right? And I get plenty of vacation time and I get toys and I'm able to do things for other people that I've wanted to do, right? People that need help. So that's what inspires me. So let's talk. That's vision. And goals would be, how do you put numbers to the more short-term part of that or written things about the more short-term part of that? So my goal this year was 600. I'm going to fall just short of that, to say the truth. I'm not going to make 600 unless some miracle happens, but probably we're going to hit about 570. So my goal for next year is 750, right? So that's my goal. What I get to do with that, what will that allow me to do? That allows me to take probably seven weeks vacation off. It means I get to take um, a longer trip with Sally. I hope to Europe this time. That allows me to get a new car. It's time I was able to do that. It also allows me to be prepared to send my second child to college, right? So that's, and it doesn't, wouldn't hurt us financially. Right. We can just handle it out of cash flow, which would be great. We had a, did a nice job of saving, but to be able to do that without coming out of pocket would be super great. So those are things that inspire me that I want to be able to do. Um, and so that's why I work. And I want you, you've got to have something that equally inspires you. What is it that 12 months from now or the end of 23 would inspire you to go do the hard stuff, right? And it's not just the number. It's what does that allow you to do as you focus on that? So think about your vision for yourself, right? And then the goals you have to have to reach that vision. So that's number one. I know it's two things, but it's number one. The second thing is your plan. How are you going to make that happen? I mean, it's easy to say, I'm going to do this and do that. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. But what's your plan for making that happen? So think about this. 
what, who are your ideal prospects? Remember, you're not the right fit for everybody, right? You don't want everybody as a customer. You want to find those prospects that are right in your sweet spot. They're profitable. There are lots of them out there. You can handle them well within your current skill set and within your current, um, you know, the way your company is set up. They're not tiny ones. You're not having to, if you're, um, they're big enough that there's enough juice in there, enough money in those prospects, in those clients that you can have a really nice business and not have to work 90 hours a week. My goal is to work fewer hours, make more money, work fewer hours. And you do that by having the right clients, right? In my world, an ideal prospect, medium size, privately held company. Here's what that means. And they probably sell something expensive and complicated. That means probably five to 20 salespeople. Generally, those are in multiple offices. That works well with my business model, doing most of my training over Zoom. Um, I need to be rolling like I want to be rolling. I need to have six or seven medium-sized, privately held companies on my corporate training side to be where I want to be, right? So I've got to add, I've got five now. And so just by the law of averages, I'm going to guess that maybe one will go away by the end of next year. So I need to add three. I got to add three new corporate clients and keep the rest of the ones that I have. So that's my plan. So I've got to go out and find those. So we're going to talk about, um, the next part, which is the activities, right? So what, what are the activities that I plan on doing? The third part, it, you know, again, I'm sorry, it's confusing, but the third part we talk about are activities. What are the activities you're going to do to make your plan come true? So if you break it down, I break mine down into a couple different things. One of them are calls that I make. Outbound phone calls to people that don't know me prospecting calls, right? I have been in business, I've been in this business for, in its current form for eight years. So a lot of people that I find these days, they've come referred to me, right? Or they're reaching out to me. So I don't have to do as many cold prospecting calls, but I still do 10 a week. So I reach out to 10 companies, owners of companies a week that I'm currently not doing business with to begin the process, right, of learning who they are, of letting them know what I do, and for me to find out what they do and what kind of issues they're facing. So I make 10 of those calls a week. I'll get voicemail like you do probably seven out of 10 times, right? So we have a cadence that we call them, but that's part of my process. Number two that I do from activities, we call it networking. Now, that has changed dramatically in the last three years, we can go out now and do networking, which I would define as you are anywhere you're around other people. Anytime you're around at least one other person, we can call that networking. And here's the catch, right? One, one tool of networking is to use what we call the three foot rule. Anytime you're within three feet of somebody else say, Hey, what do you do? Hey, what do you do? You never know where that might lead interesting people you might meet. Or just gets a good habit to be in, 
hey, what do you do? And if you want to really amp it up a little bit and have fun with it, say, that sounds easy. Hey, what do you do? I'm a professional basketball player. Huh, that sounds easy. And watch their face drop. It doesn't matter if you say carpenter or software engineer or whatever. It sounds easy. We'll always catch them off guard. Right? It's a way to have, it's a nice pattern interrupt. It throws people off and you could just laugh. Great way to start a conversation. What I talk to you about when you go to a networking event, one that has networking in the title, I typically don't like those things, but they do happen. And a lot of people do go to those things. Here's why I typically don't like them. It's because it often is a bunch of salespeople shoving their business cards into other salespeople's pockets. Now, maybe that works for you. Maybe that's great. But when I think about networking, I'm thinking about how can you be around your ideal prospects? Where do they go? Is it at um, conventions? Is it association meetings? Is it at uh, their local chapters of something where your prospects are? So if you go there, I want you to think about networking with a plan and a purpose. So in my world, what I talk about, what I use as a, um, as a guide, if I go to a networking event, I will say, I'm going to go and I'm working until I find two people that I can talk to, that I get permission to call that business in the next 48 hours, next two business days. So when I get there, I'm on. I'm walking around. I'm meeting people. Hey, what do you do? That sounds easy. And I'll laugh, right? And then we talk a little bit, and then I move on. But I'm looking at when I find two people that I can get their business card and say, you know what? You seem like somebody I ought to know better. You mind if I call you the next couple of days? Once I get two of those, I can quit. I can go home, which is what I often do. Or I can go drink a beer and eat shrimp with my friends, which is what most people who say they love networking, that's what they do the whole time. They go drink beer and eat, and, uh, eat shrimp with their friends. Don't be that person until you have done the work. So we've talked about number of prospecting calls. Have a number that you're going to make that you commit to every week. If you're getting started in your business and everybody's business is different, I'll tell you, sometimes that number can be 50 calls a day, four days a week. If you're getting started, here's what I've learned. Somebody told me this a long time ago, and I think it's true. Everybody's business is different, but it'll probably take you 10,000 prospecting calls until you never have to make one again. 10,000 prospecting calls to people probably that you don't know. 10,000. So you can do that number over your entire career. Or you can get your shit straight and do it in the first two years or three years. Get that, get the prospecting calls done. If you get through 10,000, you should have enough business by then that you can grow your business by referrals and by networking. The last piece is the one that we talked about and I just mentioned a second ago, which is referrals. This statistic always blows me away. In just before the pandemic, did a survey of salespeople and asked them how many of them, well, I'll just give you the answer. 98% of salespeople admitted that they asked, asked for referrals twice or less in the previous year. Two times or less they asked for referrals. That's crazy time. 
It's the easiest way to get business. How often are you asking your clients for introductions to the people you need to know? You can do it face-to-face. You can do it on LinkedIn, social media, all these places where you can find out who other people are connected to. Do not miss this. This is the gold of sales. Those of you listening, assuming you're either founder of a company, you're an entrepreneur, or you're on a sales team, sales is the greatest job in the world. It's also one of the hardest jobs. And one of the things that I have people ask me, you know, some of my clients on a, I don't know, once a month basis, when does this get easier? When does it get easier? And I say, you're asking the wrong damn question. The right question is, when will I get better at this? And that's what I want you to think. When will I get better at what I'm doing? The way you get better is to focus on your actions. All right. One more time. I'm going to repeat them. Goals, vision. Number two is plan. Number three is activities. I'm Walker McKay with No BS Sales. Do me a huge favor and review this podcast. My goals get to 100 by the end of October. Please help a brother out. Write me a review for my podcast. If you want help with sales for you or your team, email me, walker at walkermckay.com. Send me a direct message on LinkedIn. I'm a Walker McKay. Thanks for listening to the No BS Sales School podcast. If you haven't already, please take one minute to write a quick review for the show. It really does make a huge difference. Also, subscribe to the show and please forward this episode to somebody else who needs to hear it. As a bonus for listening, I'm going to give you access to a free mini course, Seven Expensive Sales Mistakes You're Making, and What You Can Do About It. Go to www.7salesmistakes.com and get access to the free mini course. That's the number seven salesmistakes.com. Thanks again for listening to the OBS Sales School Podcast.